Welcome to Starting Fresh. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm Davina. And I'm Bianca, and we are so excited to be back with all of you for a fun new episode. Yes, um, right now Bianca and I are back at our colleges still, and our semesters are wrapping up. Um, I have finished all my classes. Bianca just told me that she's in her last week, right? Yes, my last week of classes, we are at the final stretch, and then we get to go home and enjoy California. Well, I get to enjoy California. Davina's already there. Yeah, I'm still here. Wait, is it really cold there right now? It's like 30 degrees, and then it'll be like 10 when I get back. (laughs) Oh, my God. We are ready to enjoy break, but (laughs) we the grind doesn't stop, and we are back with another podcast episode. This week, we're super excited about the topic. We are kind of going to talk about Thanksgiving, gratitude, and segue into New Year's resolutions and goal setting and all of that stuff. But before we get into that, we have really been loving our fresh front page news. Davina, I would love for you to kick it off with something interesting. I don't even know what it is. You're going to present it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually really excited about this one because I was just talking about this with a few friends of mine. And this is from NBC. Panera's Panera Bread's charged lemonade blamed for a second death lawsuit alleges. And just for a little bit of, of information, Dennis Brown, a Fleming Island, Florida, drank three charged lemonades from a local Panera on October 9th and then suffered a fatal cardiac arrest on his way home, the suit says. So obviously super sad story, but this is the second death from a lemonade. My jaw is my jaw's on the floor because I have a couple things to say. One, mm. I have. Tr- uh, first of all, I'm very sorry for the loss of this man, and it's honestly an awful way to die. Like a caffeine, it was probably like a caffeine overdose. Yeah. Um, because I want to know if they have more caffeine than a Celsius. Like, how so, much does yeah. one like sixteen ounce charged lemonade have? Because I've tried them before and they taste good. And I could easily see you just like drinking one and being like, oh, I'm going to get a free refill and then I'm going to get another free refill. And it's not that hard to drink three of them. Like that doesn't seem impossible. And so I think it's really interesting that like Panera put out a product like this that is so easy to like drink a lot of, especially if there's unlimited refills. Like what did they think would happen? Like, yeah, that well, people wouldn't the, drink it. <laughs> the thing is that I did some research. A thirty ounce, which is basically a large size of this lemonade, has three hundred ninety milligrams of caffeine. Which, if you like, look up according to the CDC, the capacity, the max, like a person should consume a day is four hundred. And this person had three of those that are three ninety. Well, I don't know exactly how many he took, how many drinks he had, but he already has like. He said he drank three charged lemonades. Oh yeah, you're right. He did. Oh my god, yeah, he had three of them. (laughs) Oh my god, (laughs) that's crazy. That is insane. And I had the drink myself, and I was like not even like cognizant of the fact that it was like (laughs) this intense of an energy drink that's not really marketed that way, and doesn't taste like you know a Celsius or even like a yerba. 
that you kind of like get the feeling oh this is like caffeinated the orange lemonade just tastes like any regular lemon that you have yeah I think this honestly goes into the great topic of like college caffeine consumption because I feel like as a college student I have been drinking way more caffeine than I normally do I have at least one caffeine like caffeine beverage whether that's a yerba or a celsius in the morning and then I usually have like a second like chai latte or like a matcha halfway through the day and that's a lot of caffeine I'm sure that's hitting the 400 milligram I don't know what it's hitting but it's probably a lot of caffeine and I'm not the only one and I'm definitely not the person drinking the most caffeine and so I think that that's kind of scary to think how normalized this heavy caffeine consumption is because there's no way it's good for your health (laughs) no it's actually it's really really scary and um I even have been consuming more caffeine than normal um before I like prided myself that I'm not a coffee addict and that I don't need caffeine to be awake during the day but like since college I literally became a Yerba Mate ambassador so that I would get free Yerba's since I'm spending so much money on $5 cans of Yerbas. So I literally Wait, became they cost $5? an ambassador. At my school, they do. They cost so much money for one can. And That's so illegal. I'm like, I, I know. So I'm trying to save money by becoming like um, a brand ambassador. Um, and they would send me free ones. But still. What do like, you have to do? Do you have to like sell your soul? I have to like take pictures of the yerbas with my friends to show that I'm like oh my god I'm like advertising to my school community and sharing it to people that have never had yerbas before (laughs) that's my only job um and it works and I get free yerbas but just like goes to show that yeah I'm on this caffeine train now and we have to be careful 100 percent well that was a great well not great but very informative fresh front page <laughs> news so this was maybe not a perfect segue but a segue into our subject of the week which is talking about gratitude and new year's resolutions so i honestly thought this was a great idea because my family is very big on thanksgiving what are you grateful for we sit around the table Somebody usually sheds a tear, and I think it's a great exercise to remind myself what I actually enjoy in my life, especially recently. It's so hard to think about. It's so easy to think about all the negative things going on, and I think I just wanted this to be a reminder about the importance of gratitude and saying thank you to the people in your lives that mean a lot, even though it's not Thanksgiving anymore. Yeah, especially the people that you're no longer around with 24-7, like your family or your hometown friends. Um, This Thanksgiving was especially um, important to me because I didn't have everyone I'm used to being around with um, since this past year. So it was nice to see everyone this Thanksgiving and like be reminded, be reminded how grateful I am for all of you guys. 100%. And I think this goes onto the idea of like, gratitude and I think sometimes I get frustrated because I think that like I get really annoyed with the people that like have their gratitude journals and like kind of make it a bigger thing than it actually is and that's why I kind of wanted to talk about this this week because I think that gratitude is more than just a thing you say it's an action an action of being grateful for something it's giving your full like 
heart and spirit into this message. You know what I mean? And I think that real gratitude isn't just like words. It's like showing your gratitude, you know? And I think that my mom always said this phrase, always when I was younger, she was always gratitude, not guilt. And I never really understood what that meant. And it always means like saying thank you when someone did this, somebody does something nice for you. But I think that this phrase gratitude, not guilt has really like kind of anchored my life because Gratitude isn't something that you're just like, oh, well, thank you. Like, I'm sorry. Thank you. No, gratitude is like this intentional feeling of not saying sorry, not feeling guilty that somebody did something nice for you, but having like the action of being grateful for something. And I I was wondering, Davina, like, what do you think about like the action of gratitude? And if you have any thoughts about it? That's so interesting. Um, I think in my family, like food is a huge part of how we show love for each other. And um, with my grandma, especially on my mom's side, always cooks us dinner, always for every Friday night for Shabbat. And I, being up here, not having a home-cooked meal every day, have like become very mm-hmm. grateful for everything she does. Um, this Thanksgiving, like it was a little bit harder for her to like cook for everyone, but she still did it. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I don't want her to, like, feel stressed out about, you know, making us all this food this year and whatever. But I guess, like, what your mom is saying, like, we should just, like, be grateful to have, you know, someone in our life that cares so much and wants to show their love in this way for us. Instead of, like, saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry to be an inconvenience, to be a burden. Like, I'm extremely grateful to have a grandmother who cares so much about me and who loves me so much that she would, you know, surpass everything that is, you know, blocking her, or challenging her to make me a nice home cooked meal. That's wonderful. Like, I really enjoy that story that you shared. And I think that it, I've really been trying to like spread that message to my friends, because I think it's so easy to block these when somebody does something nice for you or something good happens so easy to have the immediate feeling of guilt like and it comes from this idea that you think this shouldn't happen to me that good things shouldn't happen to me and that's not true good things deserve to happen to you and good things can and will happen to you and so instead of blocking it and say the first thing I need to feel is guilt why is this happening to me I think we should really work on having that first feeling be gratitude towards others and people do do nice things for you people nice things happen all the time you know and you deserve nice things and I think that's like kind of the main idea of this message is like you deserve nice nice things good things can happen to you and instead of feeling like why is this happening to me I think we need to start being more grateful that good things do happen in this world and you know I think that that's something I really want to work on because it's so easy to dwell on negativity. And I think college has really made, and I've said this before, college has really made me realize that I can't be around negative people anymore. Like people kind of spread negativity because it's just happening all the time that I need to take the bigger path. And I think that I hope to my listeners and to everyone here, like, you should be the one to be the bigger person and try to practice gratitude, not guilt in your own life. And next time something happens to you and you're like, oh, what, someone bought this for me. Like, it's guilty. They spent money on this or they made me this dinner and it took time. Like, be grateful for that. They did it for a reason because they love you and they care for you. And that's a good thing. And you should be grateful for that. You don't need to be guilty. And so yeah. I hope that that message is spread. <laughs> 
Yeah, like being apologetic, apologetic or guilty for a gesture, gesture someone does for you can just take away from the purpose of what they're doing for you. And it's not, their intention was not to make you feel bad. They want you to be happy and like, you know, joyous. So let's be a little bit more positive of what people do for them and just take it all in and be grateful for who we have around us. Well, I think that we kind of wanted to do this episode like chronologically. We kind of hit the Thanksgiving gratitude Mm -hmm. and we wanted to shift into the new year and New Year's resolutions. And during this time, I think there's a lot of questions every year on whether New Year's resolutions are helpful and, you know, having these conversations. And so I've been loving to do a little Instagram poll and kind of get our followers into the podcast. And mm-hmm. so I asked our year, our New Year's resolutions ineffective. Probably should say our New Year's resolutions effective, but whatever. Uh, 46% of voters said New Year's resolutions are ineffective. And 54% of voters said New Year's resolutions are not ineffective. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. 46 people think New Year's resolutions don't work. 54 said maybe they work. We don't know the details on whether they think they're amazing or not, but they are not anti-New Year's resolutions. And so I think that's very interesting. I honestly thought that more people would be anti-New Year's resolution. I don't know. Davina, what do you think? Do you think that there's a common, like a common hate towards New Year's resolutions? I feel like when people hear New Year's resolutions, sometimes it's kind of like people look back on their failures with New Year's resolutions and they're like, last year, my resolution was to go to core power every week. And I don't do that right now. So clearly what's going on with New Year's resolutions are just ineffective. And um, maybe people feel like the, you know, the whole concept of sticking to something for a whole year is just way too big of a like commitment, and that could also contribute to the feeling that you know this concept of a resolution that you would stick with for the whole year is ineffective in itself. I think that what I was kind of talking to my family about and my friends about when we were doing this episode is it's all about the type of goal setting you're doing. And I think Mm -hmm. that New Year's resolutions are obviously going to have an opportunity to fail, but they also have an opportunity to be successful. So I think the people that said New Year's resolutions aren't effective, they're kind of saying that like they, the way people are doing it now are ineffective. But I think it's just the way people are goal setting. And so I think the goal that I at least wanted to talk to talk about this episode was, you know, the pros and cons of New Year's resolutions and like, how can we be effective at goal setting? Um, This year, honestly, was like the first time that I really can imagine like setting a goal for myself and completing it. I plan to run a 10K. I signed up for it in July and I just completed it in the beginning of November, which was like a month ago. And honestly, I am very proud of myself, but it was one of the first times that I really felt like I set this goal and I follow through. And I guess it has got, got me mm-hmm. kind of on like a motiv- motivated path. But I kind of want to talk about that because I think that 
for me, setting this goal for myself was something that I had to hold myself accountable to. And I think that I want to talk about the kind of goal setting that can be effective is goal setting that's specific and something that you've that that's like cognizant of what you're able to accomplish. I think people have these really big goals and they don't have a conversation with themselves first. You know what I mean? They're not, they're mm-hmm. just connecting what they think they should do. They're not talking to themselves and being like, Bianca, can you actually accomplish this goal? If I say set a goal to run a marathon, I'd be like, wow, this is a great idea in theory, but I know that this is too big of something to bite off. I know I can't yeah. run a marathon right now. Maybe I can in a couple of years and I plan to run a marathon in a couple of years, but I'm running one right now and that's okay. And that doesn't mean I'm less worthy of anything, but let's set the bar a little lower. And then I was like, maybe I'll run a half marathon. And I was like, young thing, you're not ready for that yet. So I'm going to run a 10K. And it takes humbling yourself a little bit and being like, this is what I'm willing to accomplish right now. This is what I'm able to accomplish. And then you're much more able to actually accomplish the goal if you lower your standards a little bit. And it sounds like kind of hard, but I think maybe it goes into a little bit what you were saying, like going vegetarian. You know, you're not jumping into going like full raw vegan, (laughs) you know, you're starting somewhere where you feel like you can actually accomplish it. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about like your goal setting and how you are following through. Well, actually... Now that you say it, I think the vegetarian thing was kind of too extreme. And I'll say this because I started it um, like a few episodes ago. I was just talking about how I was beginning becoming vegetarian. And I stuck with it for about two weeks because I saw the food I was eating in my dining halls and there was not a single green thing on there. And I was like, (laughs) I need to incorporate more vegetables in my diet. And like, what is going to make me do that? if I become vegetarian. And it actually worked for two weeks, I was eating straight plant based foods. And I didn't have any red meat, chicken, fish, anything like that. And I, after two weeks, started to feel hungry, I started to feel tired and fatigued. And um, I realized that it was just because I was not eating enough protein. And trying to source your protein from plant food when you can't control what's being served to you every day in dining halls is really difficult. So I switched back to eating meat. However, I cut out red meat from my diet. So what did I learn from this? I learned that it's okay to fail these um, types of goals you set for yourself at the beginning of something new like college. Um, But I still learned from it because I learned that like I can still eat more plant-based foods and supplement it with like chicken or fish or things that I normally have in my diet and have something that works for me. And I also learned that it's easier to have a goal where you're adding something to your life instead of taking away from it. For example, with being vegetarian, I was taking away meat and then expecting myself to like still feel satisfied with my diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned that it's actually probably better instead of taking away something, just add more, like adding more vegetables instead of taking away the meat. And since then, it's been like a couple months and I've been doing that consistently. It's much easier and I feel much healthier because not only am I getting protein, but I'm eating the vegetables that I initially wanted to do. So I wanted to bring in this study that was done at Stockholm University um, where a professor named Per Carlbring 
um, stated that instead of stopping things, you should start doing things because 35% of people who make resolutions manage to stick to, to their goals. And those goals are mostly adding things to their daily routine. Another example of this is like someone saying, I want to lose 10 pounds. So you're again, you're like, making a resolution to lose something how about instead of saying the resolution is to lose 10 pounds it's to go and add 3,000 more steps to your day it's a lot easier to like feel motivated to do something when you're adding to your routine instead of taking away from it that's what I learned from this vegetarian journey I love that, Davina. I, you guys, maybe we'll do an audio or video episode eventually, but I was smiling while she was saying that the whole entire time, because I think that that's such like a wonderful story and a wonderful um, study that you added when you were sharing about your journey. Um, sorry mm-hmm. for assuming that you accomplished your vegetarian journey, but honestly, I feel like it was successful after hearing what you had to say, because I really do think that adding things to your life is so much easier than taking it away. You know what I mean? Adding, running a few times a week or mm-hmm. 3,000 steps. More of the story is that specificity and addition are two things that I think can help you accomplish your goals more. You know, being specific, being like, I want to eat, have at least two green things on my plate. Maybe that's kind of broad, but you're saying every meal, I'm going to say add two green things to my plate. Or I'm going to try to add 3,000 steps, something totally doable. You're going to have to try, but you can totally accomplish it. It's an addition rather than saying I need to lose 10 pounds. That's really daunting, really overwhelming. And you're probably not going to do it because- Not specific either. It's not specific either. And so I think that I am definitely going to look towards those goals in the coming year. I'm thinking about like, what do I want to accomplish? and I definitely want to be more specific. I think that adding consistent running into my life is something that I really want to do. And I also think that eating healthier is another thing that I want to do. But before I announce those goals, I do think that I need to sit with myself and figure out how I'm going to shape it into a goal that is actually going to be consistent for me. And so I think that it's good to think about the end goal and be like, yeah, maybe I do want to lose 10 pounds. Yeah, maybe I do want to run a marathon, but we have to have baby steps somewhere. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's okay to have these big long-term goals, but New Year's resolutions don't have to be something that's going to happen in five years. And I don't think that they should be something that happens in five years. I honestly think it should be something you can accomplish in like two months maybe a month or two, and then you set another goal. You know, it doesn't have to be like a five-year plan, but you can mm-hmm. start somewhere. Like, I'm going to start by becoming vegetarian, or I'm going to start, no, 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 I'm going to start by eating more vegetables. And then maybe in two months, I decide that's great. Maybe I'll figure out how to make a vegetarian diet work for me in the dining hall. And then you can add on to that, you know? I don't think mm-hmm. it has to be set in stone. I think addition's great and you can additionally add to your goals we love addition we're not fans of subtraction here on the starting fresh podcast so basically starting fresh is sponsored by addition yeah (laughs) we love addition honestly best type of math so basically if you can conclude what we believe are the most effective new year's resolutions are that they're specific that they're manageable that you're honest with yourself 
and you're adding something to your life instead of taking something away. Davina, I want to know how you are going to put this advice that we're giving to our listeners. How are you going to put this into your New Year's resolutions? You know what? I haven't thought about what my resolutions are going to be this year. Like you said, I really need to like sit with myself, be honest with myself, give myself that alone time. Um, I feel like for myself, there's just so many things I know I do want to like see, um, like grow or change even. Uh, and even though I'm, I honestly don't know if I can respond to that right now because I don't know exactly what I want to change. I have so I'll have to get back us. with you on that. Okay, let me hear it. I have a goal for the podcast. And I think my goal is that I want to consistently give our audience interesting and dynamic podcasts twice a month. And I think that that twice a month is definitely going to be a challenge because we're busy and we've already failed. But the thing is, is <laughs> I just have this feeling that with this new year, we are going to be able to accomplish it because we are adding more episodes to our listeners. We are motivating ourselves. We mm-hmm. are excited about the podcast and the listeners want this. And I love doing this podcast and I think the listeners deserve to hear us more. And so I wanted to speak that out to the ether. I wanted to speak that out to the world. And I wanted you guys to know that we want to be here more. And at least that's on my goal list. And Divian, I don't know if it's on yours, but I'm adding it. I'm gonna steal it. I'm stealing (laughs) it. That's on number one on the list. We're gonna do more episodes. And I genuinely feel excited about it because now in the new year, we're more comfortable with our transition to these our new lives. We're able to actually think, okay, when can I fit this in my schedule? This, that. And um, I'm really excited about what we've already accomplished with this podcast and what we can do in the future. So definitely agree with you. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode. We really enjoy talking to you guys. As always, you can reach out to us on Instagram at Starting Fresh Podcast or our email, which is starting fresh podcast at gmail.com um and we've really enjoyed being here yes everybody happy thanksgiving happy holidays um keep what we were talking about in mind when you're making your new resolutions and be grateful just be grateful see you guys before the new year bye thank you